0: You can find more about me, Shay, at shedia.com. You can find
1: out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Now onto the show. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide, 9 Steps to Love, Nourish, and Connect with Your Body to Create an Energized Life with a Happy Heart and Soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community.
0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. So I'm Shay, and today Anna and I are having an interesting podcast discussion. And the reason why it's so interesting is that last week, we decided to record a really off-the-cuff, from-the-heart Kombucha and Color episode. And we recorded the whole thing, and only about 10 minutes into the actual recording of this episode, I actually said to Anna, Anna, I actually can't really hear you that well. And we realized that Anna's microphone was not switched on. And I don't know why I didn't pick it up earlier, but my husband has just bought me new earphones. And for some reason I thought, well, this sounds a bit soft, but maybe it's just these new earphones that I'm listening to Anna on and this is how it now sounds. And so we recorded this really spontaneous, off-the-cuff, from-the-heart episode and... Now we don't want to lose that episode because it's got some really interesting and juicy content in it. And now we've listened to the beginning and it's really too soft for us to be able to play it. So we are going to re-record the beginning part of that episode, which the irony of re-recording an episode that was supposed to be spontaneous and now Anna has listened to it and got a real and definite plan for us of how we can kind of piece back the episode that we recorded previously, which is so ironic because... At the beginning of that last episode, we chatted a lot about how our identity online is often connected to how we show up online. So for Anna, recording this, uh, this idea of recording a podcast that was just really spontaneous, off the hu- off the cuff from the heart, was a bit of a scary thing because she likes to show up online teaching and sharing information, and that's her identity online. Very organized, very very planned. organized, <laughs> planned. And so now we are sharing this this episode, and Anna's got she SMSed me and she said, I've got a plan for us. This is how we're going to repeat the whole thing and like go through this thing. So Anna, do you feel very much more safe now that you've got this plan of the episode? (laughs) Totally safe. No, I think, I mean, it's it's just really ironic because
1: before we had no plan and it really just flowed nicely, which is why we wanted to keep the episode and not completely um, discard it. But now we are almost like too planned. We feel like it's um, this idea of rigidity, isn't it? Like there's so much planning and there's so much structure and the boundaries are so strong that it's it's
0: actually even quite restrictive. <laughs> yeah, it can, can never <laughs> Um, but yeah, just, I think this whole idea of identity and that's, and that's where the, the show started on the last, when we recorded last was this idea about how we show up online and our identities as people. And while we wanted to record an episode that was just from the heart was our ability to be able to just show up as who we are rather than having to, um, share information and share knowledge and for people to accept us just for being. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think shade, like one of the things I said last week was I think I really feel, and I'm sure the listeners do as well, especially those who follow you on Instagram, really feel that you do that very well online is everything that you write really feels like it comes from the heart and it is very authentic. And that's probably why all this impromptu stuff is much easier for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I do. And now I'm like, Oh, how are we going to get back to the point where the episode segues? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I'll have to think of yeah new ways to get there. So it's a bit of a creative problem solving here. We got going.
1: So last week, Shay, you actually shared a really big commitment that you have made recently. So why don't you go in and reshare that and surprise me. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna surprise you Anna by telling you that I've actually signed up to a marathon, which is super scary. Um I've actually been reading a book called The Big Leap, which is something that we're sharing in the yoga practices and yoga classes that I'm teaching over the next nine weeks. And it's about we have this always have this upper limiting problem where we think that we are limited by a belief that we hold of ourselves or we're limited by the amount of money we think we can make or the amount of love we can receive or about the happiness in our relationships. So I wanted to explore that. And the way that I've chosen to dive into this is through a physical challenge. So that upper limit, I'm trying to push that upper limit up by um, doing something that is completely scary, that's physically... I feel a little bit of fear moving into it, but that is really the direction. That's really why I'm choosing to do it is because of that fear. So I've signed up to this marathon and it is in October in Bournemouth. So I'm coming to stay with Anna. It was it was much funnier when I surprised you with that fact that I was, by the way, coming to stay with you on I'm air excited. last time. <laughs> I'm
1: so excited for you to come stay. And what's really ironic is that I... Actually signed up to do this exact marathon last year, and Ben signed up to do the marathon with me as well. And it was actually on his birthday. Poor guy, um, I made him sign up to do a marathon on his birthday. And this there was like this idea that we were going to train together throughout the summer, and we so, were, romantic. so romantic, so <laughs> romantic. And then we were going to do this marathon together on his birthday. What eventually happened was that very very quickly into the training about a month or maybe not even a month, maybe just about a month in, then I just decided it wasn't for me. And Ben did continue to train. He actually got as far as maybe even into about July or so training for the marathon, which was in October. I got as far as January and that was me just starting to run. And then he got injured and he also decided to pull out as well. And so that may sound very, very depressing, considering this is something obviously that's a little bit scary. It's getting you out of your comfort zone and you really want to be thinking positively about it and have that positive emotional charge so you can equal your vibration to the vibration of the thing that you desire, which is to complete the marathon. But one of the things we talked about on the previous episode was this idea of the fire energy inside of us. And We've said multiple times on the show to achieve something we've never achieved before, we have to become someone we've never been. And in your case, you know, maybe there is this need to have this fiery challenge that you're striving for. But I think in my case, and in Ben's case as well, is Sometimes I'm a little bit too fiery and a little bit too gung-ho. And eventually what I, well, one of the lessons that I need to receive is to actually dampen that fire a little bit. And so for me, withdrawing from the marathon was actually a bigger decision, a decision that was perhaps embodying a different identity, a more important identity than
0: pushing and striving and following through to complete it. Yeah. So you think that that upper limit problem was telling yourself that you're somebody who completes everything, finishes everything, does it all the time, as opposed to somebody who, I don't know, maybe do you, do you not think that there was an upper limit problem with yourself being able to think that you can complete the marathon?
1: It was more a case of honoring myself. So because I tend to be a little bit more like gung-ho, must achieve, must strive, must push, must force, must do there's this part of me that I think needed to step back and to find worthiness without an external achievement. And mm-hmm. that's definitely been something I've been working on over the past couple of years. So for me to honor my body and honor myself and take that step back to look after my health was perhaps like a different, a different type of identity shift compared to the one of the, like, the pushing, the forcing, the striving to achieve.
0: Yeah, I must say like my decision to do this marathon has been kind of a little bit out the blue and I don't really know where it's come from. Like I've wanted to do something that has been physically challenging and for the past while I've had a vision board that I've got next to me on my um, desk and I've been working through creating a manifesting content for the Move, Breathe, Create member sites and I have on my desk a vision board that I made at the beginning of the year in January. And on it, I'd put something like, I want to do a physical challenge. So something that, as you say, like gets that fire going, like really like charges that up. And I've now done the the vision board again in when was it? Last month, as a way to to show people how to create one for themselves in the member site, and I can see from January to last month how much of the things that have already been put onto that vision board have started manifesting because I can see it every day. It's on my desk all the time, and I can start connecting to it from a really emotional place, which is that sense of fire, that sense of self, and when you connect to something from an emotional place, that's when your identity moves in that direction as well. So it's your state of being. And that fire that you talk about is so interesting because the fire connects to our third chakra, which is the solar plexus chakra. And that is also connected to our sense of identity. So yeah, for me, it's about charging up that fire. And I was kind of thinking, what am I, I've got on here that I want to do a marathon. What am I waiting for to sign up? Let me just, do it. Like I'm, I'm kind of waiting for somebody to give me permission or come to someone to say, yes, do it. Or someone to kind of push me. But sometimes that you've got to light that fire underneath yourself. So yeah, for me, I'm lighting the fire. You wanting to cool down your fire a little bit. So what are you doing at the moment to help calm the fire? We've
1: given a little bit of lip service to this on the show. And I think because I kind of share a little bit more every week in my mailing list and in my Grounded Goddess community and on social media, sometimes I think, oh, everybody already knows what's going on with me. So I won't really talk about it. But I forget that not everybody sees everything that you put out there thank you algorithms. And um, <laughs> not, the algorithm. And some people just listen to the podcast and they're maybe not necessarily that active on social media. Well done you. So I guess just to kind of back up a little bit is um, for a while now, I've been having um, what I call like my feelings of inflammation, which are kind of like low energy foggy brain aching joints sort of low mood everything that we would sort of associate with almost flu-like symptoms without the flu and in a moment of desperation I actually went onto the NHS website website and started like looking up the symptoms of chronic fatigue and I pretty much have all of them but what Ben is like, why don't you go to the doctor? Why don't don't you see if they can help you? And one of the things I'm very conscious of is having a label. Because if I go to the doctors and they do whatever they do, and then they say, yes, you have chronic fatigue, then I'll be like, I have chronic fatigue. It's mine. It becomes part of my identity. And that is something that I'm very, very conscious of not allowing to happen. I don't want to have my identity associated with a disease or a condition. So I, it's, that makes it a little bit difficult sometimes when you've got to explain to people, because I think I shared with you, Shay, um, in one of our pre-show chats, is when I was saying to Ben, I was feeling tired he was kind of just interpreting it to be a little bit more like, oh, you know, like how you maybe feel if you, you're a bit tired one day, you haven't slept well, maybe you don't feel so good. And it's very difficult for people to understand unless they've experienced it, what it's like to have this type of fatigue, which is almost debilitating in some ways because you just can't function in everyday human life. And so yesterday I was celebrating myself for, like, putting some washing on and emptying the dishwasher. I was like, woohoo, well done, which is another whole point in itself. But anyway, as a result of this, it's really changed the amount that I can do each day. And that's very frustrating in some ways, but I think or at least what I've chosen to think, is that this is all coming to teach me. We talked a little bit in the personal development um, podcast, which we recorded, about you know how some of the, sometimes these challenges in life are the best opportunities for growth. And it's forced me to slow down. And even though I thought I had slowed down, there seems to always be another level of slow. But to slow down and take better care of myself. So well, yes, I was very fiery and doing loads of... Gym workouts, that has actually been getting slower and slower across the past couple of years. But one of the things I've started doing a lot more of is swimming. I just had this like little message from my inner voice that said, you should swim. And I was like, okay, inner voice, I'll swim. And I
0: was, <laughs> 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 always <laughs> listen to the inner voice.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I just like that day or the next day I went and bought a swimming cap and I just started swimming. And, and then I just noticed when I swim, I feel good. So I think it's just that paying attention to the things that make you feel better and do more of that. I obviously have my yoga practice. I've been finding yin yoga really, really helpful. It was just something I noticed over the Christmas period when I started going to, I was kind of resisting going. Going to the class, which is interesting because it was a Sunday evening and it was always kind of nice just to snuggle up on a Sunday instead of going out the house after dark to to go to a class. But when I did go, then I always felt so much more balanced and a little bit clearer and I would always sleep really well. So again, it was leaning into that and being like, no, this is a priority. I need to do more of that. So those are just a few things I've been doing and it has still been a little bit up and down. But I guess it's it's just leaning into those things that when I do them, I notice I feel better and then starting to build them into my routines. So there's more breathing exercises. I'm doing more Reiki on myself. I'm just taking things slower. I'm not putting so much pressure on myself to get so much done and to work so hard and kind of going with this attitude that you've done the most important things that need to get done today. You can step back and take a break. Many of my clients are looking for ways they can optimize their health through the power of food. I often supercharge their lifestyle with green tea to support them with everything from weight loss to hormonal balance, to skin conditions, to immune function. As a green tea lover myself, I love that Emerald Matcha is ceremonial grade and approved by the UK Organic Food Federation.
0: Anna has always talked about the health benefits of green tea but I never really found one that I truly liked. After I tried a sample of Emerald Matcha's high quality green tea, hand-picked from the very best farms in Japan, I thought, this is definitely a green tea I can get excited about. As a small business owner, it feels really great to support other small family-owned businesses, and especially one with such a high emphasis on customer service. I'm so excited to bring green tea into my daily routines, as an antioxidant face mask for my skin putting it into my smoothies and making matcha vegan ice cream kombucha and color are delighted to be partnering with emerald
1: matcha green tea place your order and grab all the health benefits by searching for emerald matcha that's emerald matcha on amazon.co.uk you can use the discount code kombucha15 for 15% off
0: I think that's so good to be able to listen to what's going on in your inner voice and tuning into yourself, your body and and responding to it. Because I think lots of people can have that conversation with themselves, but then they don't necessarily act on it because their mind gets in the way or the things that they have to do get in the way. It's a book that I'm busy reading, and we're basing the next series of um, yoga classes in Earlsfield on this. And it's called *The Big Leap*, and something that maybe I don't know if you if if, if you've ever thought of. Yeah, yeah it's 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 very interesting because the whole concept of it is that we tend to self sabotage ourselves because we feel like we're not worthy of of receiving more abundance more creativity more love so i've thought about this from my personal experience i was doing so much alignment work like just i was in this most high vibe place like absolute joyful so like in love with life in love with my creative self in love in love with like the abundance that was coming and straight after that was the visa debacle so it's like and I don't know if that if that connects to you on some way with with the feeling of of fatigue and tiredness you know you were in this beautiful place you were in Sri Lanka you had this amazing incredible experience that was just you know just a happy wonderful time and your business was still you know running and things were still happening and yeah it's just such an interesting way of looking at it that on a subconscious level we are affecting things even if we realize it or not yeah I don't know if that if that connects to you at all
1: you know, I read that book a very long time ago. I think it was 2015. So just after I moved down to Bournemouth and started my online business and You know, it it is so true that idea of not feeling worthy to have the things that we desire, and therefore it can happen on an unconscious level that we will sabotage ourselves. And I see that in clients who, you know, they they say they're going to get all like healthy and love themselves and look after themselves, and then. All of a sudden, they've overcommitted and agreed to do a whole bunch of things. They're too busy, and then they get ill. So it shows up all the time, and it's so sneaky. And when I think about myself, I think we talked a little bit, um, again, in the pre-show chat about this <laughs> idea of tuning into a radio station. So, like, if you've got one of not like the digital ones, but when you used to have to use like the
0: knob, old school, the old <laughs> school.
1: I think I've still got, I've got like an old school one in my car still. So like left to do like the tuning and so like you're tuning into a radio station and so the first thing you do is you do like big turns this way that way because you're just trying to find like the general range then it starts to get finer and finer and finer and finer the movements that you do so you can get exactly that point that that um, frequency that you need to tune into that radio station and I think it's the same for your own body is uh, when your awareness is quite low you're doing these like big things like big movements backwards and forwards like i'm going to do this diet or this exercise regime or this course or blah 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 blah. and then the most important toolboxes are internal toolbox and our ability to connect with our body and be able to sense like the sensations the feelings the emotions and the more that we deepen that connection the more that we pick up on those very very subtle changes inside of ourselves. and this journey for me has been this learning the subtleties because It it usually happens in hindsight that the learning comes because I feel bad and then I can backtrack and I can start to pinpoint it to, okay, I can see that I felt like this and that was a warning sign, which I ignored. But then the next time I'm more sensitive to picking up on that cue and and honoring it. So it's this continuous journey inward. And so coming back around to this idea of the self-sabotage is because a lot of, at least initially, a lot of the ways in which we sabotage ourselves is initially unconscious but the more we can raise our consciousness the more we can connect to some of those patterns and behaviors which don't serve us and and that enables us to step into into our worth and, and to manifest what we really want in our life
0: So powerful. And I think that for people listening, like an easy way to practice this self-awareness or starting to tune into the self-awareness is through the body because it's such a gross part of us that we can easily tune into pain. We can easily tune into sensations in the body or more easily tune into that than we can tune in towards our intuition or to that inner voice or to that conversation that's deeper within us. But even just taking five minutes at the end of your day or while you 're lying in bed before going to sleep, like doing a body scan from the top of your head down towards your feet, like where are you currently holding tension? where is there tightness and often we you know if we 're listening to a podcast or we 're sitting on, on a commute or we 're driving, perhaps the jaw is completely locked up, and we have no idea that it 's actually been in that really tightened position, or we are holding the breath, and we have no idea that we 've actually like been holding our breath for the last two minutes so That I'm training that awareness in your physical body is a good, a good access point for, for being able to train that awareness into the more subtle layers of the body and the more energetic layers of the body, which is like that koshers. I, we've spoken about it in a previous um, podcast episode when we talked about the energetic layers of the body, but we have to access it through the physical stuff of the body to be able to observe and become aware of the energetic layers of the body. So it's a process of, of moving from gross to more subtle. So... Yeah, it's a continuous journey and learning, I think, and refining.
1: And that is where I really believe that yoga is so powerful, because it's um, a way of moving, which enables us to connect to our bodies. And, you know, and I will include myself in here. As before I started practicing yoga, I was very disconnected from my body. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't exercising it. I just wasn't really connecting with it when I was moving it. And obviously we have the body, we have the breath, we have small movements, we have big movements. There's so many layers to all of this, but creating that time to be still, to slow down, to notice your breath, to notice your body is something that unless people already have an established yoga practice, they don't often do. And sometimes that can also be because we don't like our bodies, you know, because social media tells us the body needs to look like this or the body needs to look like that. And if our body doesn't live up to the societal standards, there can be this um, you know unhealthy relationship with our bodies where we we're, we're not wanting to connect to it because it's not something that we love cherish value or appreciate so it is it is so complex but that's why I love the work that I do because that's exactly what I what I do is I just help people to to find that love and connection back to themselves and and it's through that that we create whatever we want to create in our lives whether it's better health or A more thriving business or career or better relationships on any level, it comes through the body.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that idea of it coming through the body is even um, mirrored in my experience and my journey of yoga teaching and yoga practicing is that when I first was introduced to yoga, it was very much about the physical body. Oh, what can I do? How can my body move? Like it became a very, I almost want to say like achievement orientated form of practice. Like, okay, well, how can I get to this position? How can I get into that? And I'm going to like kind of, I wouldn't say that I ever pushed my body into a yoga practice or yoga positions, but it definitely was the sense of striving and achieving and what can I, how can I challenge myself, which I think is good. It's good and healthy to have that kind of um, challenge for yourself. As I mentioned earlier, my marathon running, but indeed as I've developed and grown as a teacher, there's less of a leaning towards that. What does it look like physically and more about how does it feel internally? So yes alignment is very useful and we have these markers that enable people to feel safe but really all movement should feel safe in your body if you are tuning into how it feels so i think that's a big like kind of key turning point for me as a teacher is you know less about your foot must go here and your knee must be here but How does it feel in your body and um, how are you you just wildly going into this or are you moving with control and, you know, be present with your body and connect to yourself, as you said, which I think is so good. How have you been enjoying your teaching, by the way?
1: Um, Yeah, it's actually going to kind of segue very nicely into that. But uh, what I wanted to share first was when when I did my yoga teacher training and I, I can only assume it, which is the same when you did yours, is when we were taught how to teach, we were always taught to to give, I guess, what they would call like an action command. So that's like a specific alignment cue, the general form of the pose. But then you would always follow it on with a passive instruction, which is much more about the feeling of the pose. So there's always this balance between this is what it should look like, this is how it should feel, this is what it should look like, this is how it should feel. So that, you know, you're giving people both. So they can safely, we've talked about this before, I think safely have those boundaries in which to move, but then there's an opportunity or invitation to connect with the feeling or the experience. And on the note of my yoga teaching is when I've been practicing yoga as a student in a class, yoga is obviously a very self-centered practice. You're mostly just hearing the teacher's cues. You may be looking every now and again at what the teacher is doing, but you're very much in your own practice and in your own body. And so now being the person in the room who's looking at all the other bodies in the room, I finally got a chance to check out what else goes on in a yoga class. And it's so interesting because Every, it's just so actually amazing to see all the different bodies in the room. All the different shapes are maybe like a little bit different. It's not like everybody's warrior pose looks like, you know, it's not a bunch of identical shapes. But everybody is just showing up there to practice and be in their bodies and connect with their bodies and move in their own way. Yeah, it's just lovely.
0: I often think that I'm doing my best work as a teacher when every single person in the room, well not every person, but when people in the room are doing different things. So that for me signifies that people have really tuned into what their body needs and they are not being um, influenced by Sue next to them or John on the right of them, but they are listening to what they're wanting to do and are yeah that, uh, that piece of tuning inwards and connecting inwards to themselves and serving their body in a way that works for them.
1: I will remember that. But um, The yoga teaching has just, I've just loved it so much. I mean, the reason why I wanted to be able to teach yoga was not because I was like, this is going to be my career path and how I'm going to earn a living, which I think is quite fortunate because yoga teaching doesn't pay very well. But I just... That's loved- your
0: mindset belief.
1: Well, I that's a whole conversation for another day. But I would say like the average yoga teacher, if they're showing up to teach a class, they don't get paid very well. But there, there are ways that you can earn. Good money as a yoga teacher if you're creative and apply yourself and blah, blah 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 that's a whole different conversation but just average the general senses you don't give very much for the amount of time and love and energy you put in and for me that's great because I don't have to worry about are enough people coming to my classes and I can just show up and teach from the heart heart and it helps to remove some of maybe the the ego or the scarcity mindset that can sometimes creep in and I've just been loving it so much and even though I've been feeling my energy has been quite low I always feel good when I teach a class like it's just you forget about everything and you're very much present and very much in the moment and it's just so lovely to be able to to share a little bit of my heart and the magic that yoga has has brought into my life with other people and create that experience for them in the room where they can connect with their bodies and in a safe space.
0: The people who make the best yoga teachers are the people who have had yoga as something that has really had a shift for them in their hearts and shift for them um, in the way that they approach themselves and connect with themselves. And I think when you find a yoga teacher who has that you can feel it and it's very genuine in the way that they show up to teach and the way that they guide other people through it because they know what a powerful practice yoga can be. So yeah, amazing that you are giving some of that back.
1: Yeah. And I've also been creating some yoga videos for my membership site for my Grounded Goddess program. That has been a very stressful experience because (laughs) you're now worrying about like sound quality and, all of that sort of stuff, but I'm really excited because a lot of a lot of the clients I tend to work with, they might actually be quite new to yoga. Um, you know, maybe some of them are more experienced, but a lot of them are quite new to yoga, and they don't necessarily know what they're looking for in a good teacher, or they don't necessarily know what they're looking for in a good yoga experience. And so then they might show up at a class and feel like it's 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 too complicated it's too overwhelming have a negative experience and maybe ne- never go back so i really wanted to create something so that all the women that i'm working with they have this opportunity to do some practices which are going to yes embody some of the the information that i'm teaching them through the course but also just meet them where they're at and they can just move and be in their bodies and and do that in the safe, safe space of their home mm,
0: i love that and it's always it is about meeting the people where they are and meeting your students where they are so yeah i love that
1: cool anything else today shay
0: Not much from me other than um, I'll see you in October for when I come and do my marathon running, if you're around. The the bed is ready and waiting for you. (laughs) When I told Warren yesterday, I was like, by the way, I'm gonna sign up to this marathon. And I was like, it's in Bournemouth. And straight away he said, Oh, a weekend with Anna and Ben. I was like, oh, okay, we'll have to see if they're around.
1: I'm pretty sure we are around. And now um there's this really nice vegan restaurant that opened in Bournemouth. If you're local to Bournemouth, it's um 12. It's called 12, um, the number, but written in in the word. Every single time I go there, I send Shay photographs of it because the decor is just really beautiful. And I know that she would like like the decor and the food is also really good as well. And so we can go and eat there for your pre-marathon fuel up. Thank you. That'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) Or your post-marathon refuel, whichever one you like. It's your your marathon, your choice.
0: (laughs) Thanks. mass much, buddy.
1: Anything else that you want to add? No, nothing today. Um, I was maybe going to invite you to share a little bit about the work you've been doing with Colleen, But I don't know if that's
0: something for another day. Let's put it into our next episode. Hashtag cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you again next week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode
0: of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shea Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me,
1: Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.
0: Hi everyone, it's Shay here and I would love for you to join me in my High Vibe Members platform at members.shaydia.com. If you're feeling a bit disconnected from your body or a little uninspired with life right now, it's the perfect place for you to be as it includes full length yoga flows and tutorials for you to follow, guided meditations, journal prompts and creative tutorials for you to get messy with and philosophy and mindset work for you to sink your teeth into all based on the theme of the season with an optional schedule to follow. It's the full package for inspiring you to connect back to yourself, your body, and your creativity. You'll also be able to join the private Facebook group to get support from me and the community of amazing like-minded members. For only £7.90, you can sign up at members.shadia.com. That's members.shadia.com. Creative inspiration for health, healing, and happiness. I'm looking forward to seeing you inside the site.